Welcome to Slow and Steady, the podcast where you get to follow along as we build products in public. Each week we'll give you an honest peek into our lives as we share our struggles, our wins and everything in between. I'm Benedict and I'm feeling stressed today. And I'm Benedicta. Today is February 1st. It's a new month. This is episode number 125, and I am feeling trusting. Ooh, trusting. Ooh. What do you trust? Or I'm who do trust, you trust? I'm trusting the process. But over to you, because you have some exciting uh, news to share. I even saw them on Twitter before heading into our recording. <laughs> yeah, today is February 1st, and that means... 50 months ago, we signed our, well, not sure if we signed it that day, but like 50 months ago, we started working on UserList and in our founder agreement back then, it wasn't a company yet or anything, but we decided to basically vest our shares for 50 months. And today's the day when that 50 month period is over and all our shares stay with us, even if we quit today. <laughs> Sorry, quitting? <laughs> No, I'm not quitting. <laughs> so vesting, because I hear that thrown around all the time, especially with you know developers working in startups that they like they stay for four years because their shares are vested. And like explain it to me like I was five. <laughs> yeah, so I guess the easiest way to explain it is to explain why it's a good idea to invest the shares. Um, and just imagine like 50 months ago when we started UserList, the three of us could have like split up the company, everyone gets a third, and then two start working on it and put in time and effort, and the third one is just doing nothing. <laughs> and that would kind of be unfair if they basically get a third of the company for free. So the, the idea of vesting is that you basically over a set period earn like parts of your of your shares um so for us it was like we earn two percent of our 33 percent of the company every month mm -hmm. and if we quit at some point we basically stop vesting and then we just like get a fraction of it or if we stay for like 50 months until today we get the entire third of the company um and can keep it no matter what so that's that's the rough idea. And there's also the idea of a cliff. And that's basically, like in our case, we started vesting 2% over, over the 50 months, but you can also do stuff where you have to at least stay for a year or so before you get anything. So you'd still vest 2% every month, for example, but unless you stay at least a year, you get, yeah, you only get it if you stay for a year. Or, or longer and um if you leave earlier than that you get nothing but we decided that would also be kind of unfair mm. so yeah was that a long was that a long um conversation or were you pretty much on the same page early on uh that was a relatively easy conversation um we kind of agreed on those terms relatively quickly um and in hindsight i'm super glad we did it um uh, because not everyone knows, but we started the company with three co-founders and one of us quit one and a half years in, two years in, something like that. Um, and yeah, like it would have been kind of uncool if they'd taken like their entire third of the company with them. 
Um, so this way, they still get a decent chunk, uh, but it's not like not the same amount that Jane and I have. So, so um, you are yeah. still the three owners then, or I guess you have more owners because you took some funding, or how does that work? Yeah, um, it started out with just the three of us. By now, we also got uh, Tiny Seed got a, a a percentage of ownership. Um, and we also did some uh, an, another fundraising round using um, a safe agreement, um, which is basically the promise of future ownership in the company. So hmm. technically right now... There's so many ways owners, to do this. <laughs> but there are people who, who got promised a, a part ownership uh, in the hmm. future if there's a liquidity event, like if we sell the company or raise another round. Those people get part ownership and then, um, yeah, are fully on the on the cap table and, yeah. So that's that's that. But the, I mean, it's his uh, own the field with its own kinda, like yeah, you know crazy. letter abbreviations, terminology. <laughs> there's like so. <laughs> Takes some time to get used to. That's true. Yeah. But the thing that that blows my mind isn't isn't really the ah, now it's vested, now no, it's ours and stuff like that. It's like, it's the 50 months. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That what? is a long, what? That's that's four and a half years or something like that. Not not quite, but um, I mean, that's a very long time and it's hard to believe that it's been that long. Um, when we started, it's 50 months started like far distant future, but uh, apparently we made it. Uh, the company still exists. It's not bankrupt. It didn't dissolve. <laughs> And it honestly doesn't feel that long. Like time flew pretty quickly. So I don't know. It just blows my mind. There's a saying with babies, which is, you know, startups are similar to babies in many ways, but it's called the uh, shortest, longest time. It's like mm -hmm. that period when you've like, yeah, until I guess until now with my kid too, like she's seven last week and um, yeah, I can feel like that shortest, longest time definitely was correct for those four or five years where it's like, it feels like you've always had this child, but also it feels like yesterday when you were like parting it up, like <laughs> living carefree <laughs> with no responsibility. Um, so I'm, I'm guessing there like a company is a lot of the same where it feels like forever, but also like it was only yesterday you like didn't have this company. Um, yeah, yeah yeah so yeah that's that's been the thing to celebrate today other yeah. than that today has been a shitty day <laughs> but did you take time to celebrate um honestly not yet because i only realized that today's the day an hour ago so um, oh i was okay. aware that it was happening sometime sometime soon i think i i looked it up in january sometime mm. earlier this year and I was like, yeah, okay, February 1st is, is the day. But I got up this morning and totally forgot about it. And I didn't put anything on the calendar. So it was only when I started writing up the notes uh, about what to talk about, I was like, hey, February 1st, there's something happening on February 1st. What was it again? And then <laughs> it clicked and I realized, oh, today's the day. <laughs> So yeah, but as I said, like other than that, yeah. ugh, shitty day. Um, didn't sleep well tonight. 
which probably is the root cause of everything. Because now I feel like I'm a little bit grumpy today and like get easily annoyed by everything. And then it's one of those days where I set out earlier today to to work on something a little bit harder in the code base, try to basically uh, crack a tough nut. And um, I was just unable to because there was constantly someone or something nagging me for attention. Like <laughs> it was either customer support, like something needed my attention there. Someone needed a question answered help with something was teammates that had problems with with stuff that i had to jump on calls and help fix and um at some point uh our robot vacuum started driving around there was still <laughs> stuff laying around before I, before it uh sucks up some shoelaces again i had to <laughs> basically <laughs> interrupt my work and go around and, and, and put the shoes away and, like stupid stuff like that and at some point I was like, okay, I give up. I did a good reset hard and <laughs> removed all my code changes for the day and basically officially gave up on trying to get anything meaningful done on that part today. So, um, yeah. And after that, I fully committed to doing all this small, annoying stuff. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's my day today. Um but it's so funny how that can be like, oh, it's been, I don't know about you, but then you're like, well, it's been a bad week. And sometimes it's only kind of been like a bad five hours, but that, especially since we summarize on this day, it's like, well, I didn't do anything this week and everything is bad because today <laughs> was bad. <laughs> so yeah, like, yeah. Can you, did anything good happen <laughs> this week? Do you have a story of something good that um... There probably has happened. There, there probably was good stuff, but the one thing that <laughs> I vividly remember from last week wasn't a good thing. Okay. Um, I once again royally screwed up last week, <laughs> and we had one of like for for the marketing feature, we had one customer who generously volunteered to basically test a very early version of it when it was basically just a rough idea and a rough proof of concept and they've been on a free sponsored account since then and they've been happily using it and getting some traction with their own product um and last week they were like yeah um i think we agreed that i start paying once that marketing email feature is launched and when i get enough value from it and i think today is the day i want to start paying for this and i'm like yeah great sounds sounds fantastic um I removed the sponsored flag from your account. So next time you log in, you will be asked to enter payment details and stuff like that. And I did that late Wednesday night. So oh, it was super no, late. Never ever. <laughs> <laughs> I removed I removed that sponsored flag. So the account was basically marked as yeah, uh, no billing details and stuff like that. And I did think about any of it wasn't didn't sound like a big deal the thing that i forgot was that in the middle of the night we have basically have a cleanup job that goes into the database and deletes all the accounts that were set up and yeah basically abandoned in the setup process and one of the signals there is they create the account but they don't enter billing details and we clean them up after like three months or so so it's a pretty long grace period 
but obviously that one test account was set up <laughs> a year ago, something like that. So in the middle of the night, our system decided to boom, <laughs> just remove it because it's not set up. Um, and yeah, we we wiped the entire account, like including all users, all emails, all scheduled broadcasts, all automations, everything. And um, I'm not sure if, if it was the next day, but soon thereafter, um, that customer reached out to me on Slack and was like, hey, um, when I try to log in, it's asking me to set up a new account. Is it like, what's going on? <laughs> and I'm like, that's dun, strange. Dun, dun. Yeah, suddenly occurred to me what happened. And I was like, oh, no. I I literally just nuked that one account. Um, and that was literally one of the first days, or it, this was the first day that I attempted to restore an entire account from our backups. So we have continuous protection on our database. It basically does, I'm not entirely sure how it works, but you can enter, like go into the dashboard of the database and enter a timestamp. And it basically will spin up a database clone of the content with the content at that specific timestamp. So after figuring out when roughly the delete was happening, I was able to spin up a new database for it and um, learned a lot about Postgres copy command and stuff like that. I was able to yeah, basically extract all the account data from that one customer and re-import it into existing live database. And it took like five hours to figure everything out and double triple, quadruple check and test it. Uh, but yeah, in the end, I was able to restore the entire entire account, um, set it up again with uh, the email provider. Luckily, at some point in the past, I was smart enough to enable versioning on the S3 bucket where we stored uh, the file uploads, like for the images and emails and stuff like that. I was able to figure out how to restore deleted files in S3 as well. So after I like get five-hour effort on, was it Thursday night or Friday night? I don't quite remember. Like some late night, <laughs> I was able to restore the entire account. And it's, it looks like it's working. I didn't miss anything. And it's fully set up again. So That's impressive. In the end, I'm super glad. Like <laughs> it's the, it, it, it was a royal screw-up. But in the end, it also feels a little bit like an achievement. <laughs> I would say that sounds that pretty it's possible awesome. to do this is pretty awesome. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that it's pretty awesome that you managed to to do that. Have you also put some some th some checks in place that if somebody <clears throat> has created an account, does not have billing info, but have been sending campaigns for the last year, they will not get deleted. <sighs> I have not put those checks in yet, but I disabled the cleanup job for now. Mm. And I put a to-do on my to-do list to look into this and make this a little bit smarter. Um, but yeah, I haven't had the time to actually do it. But yeah. um, at least I'm by disabling it, I'm now confident that this will not happen again, at least for, for a while. Um, so yeah. 
Yeah. That's that's what happened last week, I, I think guess. I should, uh, I'm going to take a note of that. And I think Syntax FM, you know, the uh, podcast by um, Wes Boss and um, what's his name? Um, yeah, not that important, but they do uh, dev horror stories for Halloween. I'm going <laughs> to nominate you. <laughs> oh, I have more, more than one. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least I got the full full one of this of this one. I got the full story firsthand, so I'm gonna try to nom- remember to nominate you in the fall <laughs> for the dev horror story. Horror! I can't do that. Horror stories? Yes. Scott Talinsky, West Boston Scott Talinsky. I just had to say their like intro in my head. Where's boss and Scott? They have this like you know like trailer intro where there's like that type of trailer voice. Anyway, that was a tangent. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I finished the um, the intro. Did I mention it last week? I'm not entirely sure, but we we finished uh, basically the, the the adjustment of the underlying architecture and UI to be able to support more events than just custom events from, from our customers. So uh, we built an integration uh, that also sends events like specific to that application. And it's now possible to trigger campaigns based on that and to create segments based on that and filter everything. And that ended up surprisingly easy. That's probably why I forgot about it. Mm. <laughs> um it looks like uh, the overall architecture that that I came up with a while ago works well, and um, it only took a couple small tweaks here and there to now have drop down of custom events from the user's application and like a list of other events from the third party integrations, and um, that's so super exciting would, because third party yeah. parties would be like Stripe and Zapier yeah. and. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Zapier is, uh, is, yeah, we, we is, like events from Zapier, we are still interpreting as custom events because mm-hmm. they're usually like unique to your specific mm-hmm. use case. But yeah, this this opens um, opens up possibilities to get like events from Stripe in there. Um, we're thinking about uh, doing integration with customer support tools, so you get the user gets an event attached to it when it when they open a support request or something like that um and um yeah it's just super exciting that this is finally finally possible um and i think like we're probably going to launch that integration this week or so maybe early next week and then the next one is definitely um yeah working on stripe integration and billing integrations um there's one one other thing missing um, that would allow us to map basically the Stripe Stripe events uh, to to users or companies based on their email address or like other identifiers. That's the part that's still missing mm. because the email address isn't like for example on a company account there isn't an email address and stuff like that. So we still need some logic to make that part smarter. But once that is in, I think. Yeah, the overall architecture is, is there to support almost anything in terms of integration. So that's 
<laughs> That's exciting. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. A <laughs> little bit of gratitude there towards uh, past Benedict and uh, his architecture chops. Yeah, 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 a little bit. Um, always glad when like the the building blocks suddenly fit together and it just falls into place and it, and something new evolves. Um, but so yeah, question, that's always, that's always when you have the Stripe integration in place and then you were saying you could create campaigns based off of custom events, so then you could do, you know, Dunning. Isn't it called Dunning when you try to, like, recruit, recruit yeah. a customer? If somebody cancels, you can then, instead of sending, instead of me sending in this person canceled, I could just, like, have a trigger on when the kind of Stripe events comes in that it's canceled. Yes, exactly. Yes. That's yeah. one of the one of the use cases we want to support with this. Um, yes, we have a Dunning campaign <laughs> template in in user list right now, yeah. but so far you had to come up with a trigger yourself, mm -hmm. like either by mm -hmm. forwarding the Stripe event or having like a billing state that changes or something like that. But um, once we have the Stripe integration in place, you will be able to just like. When Stripe event cancelled happens, send this, this campaign to the user or stuff, something like that. So that, yeah, that hopefully also will make onboarding a lot easier because people don't have to integrate necessarily have to integrate their code base um, or their application with user list, but can just like hook up Stripe and whenever there's a new customer in Stripe, they get added to user list. And when something happens in Stripe, like trial ends or whatever. Mm -hmm. Stripe lets us know and we can send a campaign based on that. So that's that pretty big. Cool. Like I'm yeah. excited. Because I've seen services that do only that. You can like sign up for Dunning services for Stripe. I don't know if they are still around, but I saw that once when I was like researching that somebody has created a whole kind of SaaS around yeah. sending these types of emails, but it like feels you know, you pay for email service and then you pay for this and that. And like in the end, like your SaaS yeah. is just costing you, like it's leaking money all over the place. So it's very nice yeah. when you can have a little bit of console. Is it called consolation, consolidation, consolidation into one, yeah. into one tool, but then you don't want the tool to grow too big. So there's, there's this <laughs> like back and forth yeah. using specific tools and using, you know, one solution <clears throat> for everything tool. But I feel... Yeah. Dunning emails should be together with the emails. That feels quite like logical. I mean, sure. <laughs> I think like the, these these Dunning tools, like I, I think Churnbuster and and Stunning and whatever they are called. Um, I think they still have like an advantage because they do a little bit of like do, do a little bit more than just sending the emails. They give you the the, the nice change your credit card forms and links mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I don't see UserList doing that part of it, but for sure, like the, the recurring messages when your, uh, when your card payment fails to nudge people to go into their account and update a credit card, mm -hmm. that part is definitely in the wheelhouse of, uh, of UserList. And yeah. But then there's also Stripe has its own kind of customer portal that you can connect to now. So you could probably in some way add that the link to the Stripe kind of hosted customer portal and then you would give people the option to uh change their change their you no know, change their credit card and, and stuff in, in that portal. But then you would need that's, to know the address. That's an interesting idea for sure. I think it's a little bit out of scope for now. Mm -hmm. 
because like integration wise we only do like the events funneling the events into user list right now mm -hmm. but for some time later this year we're planning to also redo our message editor and i think at that point it might get interesting that you can like because then you have a stripe customer portal snippet and then it's added right in. something like that like have a way to to fetch that from stripe and uh, include it in the message or something like that um that would be yeah. awesome. I'll have to think about it, but <laughs> let's yeah. workshop it on on, <laughs> on the podcast going forward. Yeah, <laughs> be like let's workshop user list on our podcast. <clears throat> uh, that actually that would be kind of fun uh, at mm -hmm. some point. Like we could yeah. we could not necessarily just user list, but anything like just like workshop something on the on the podcast. Maybe get someone someone as a guest who knows what they're doing as yeah. well so <laughs> yeah to discuss anyways. anyways i mean because we had a guest on last week and that was a ton of um fun yes yes that was and a great we, conversation i enjoyed that quite a yeah. bit yeah and we're gonna have uh we're gonna have marie on from llama life in a couple of weeks so if anybody any listeners have any questions let us know yep let mm -hmm. us know let us know and also tell a friend, <laughs> tell a friend about our awesome podcast. That is what I learned from Justin Jackson's How to Succeed with Podcasting in 2022. You're supposed to say, hello there, tell listener. You might be out walking your dog, but just stop, take a minute and share our podcast with a friend. <laughs> yeah, like, we'd okay. appreciate that quite a bit, as well as like give, getting a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast tool you're using i'm leaving a review right i mean yeah. that's that's the thing you have to do yeah because i watched but yeah i watched that live stream i think it was last week so that that actually could be part of my update um i think it was last week or the week before um where um where i think it was the script had a webinar on how to mm. do podcasting in 2022 it's never too late nice yeah, anyway. <laughs> Other than the that... The best I, day, day to start is today. <laughs> the, yes, exactly. <laughs> so, no, the best best was like 10 years ago, but the next best is today. <laughs> it's today, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that, I've been working on making some sale pages for, for the queen, <laughs> for my alter ego, Queen Ray. Um, and I've already launched something I called Gatsby Emergency Calls. So if you're ever stuck on a reef around the Gatsby Islands, you can book a call with me and I will help you maneuver off and keep your ship intact, I think is the, uh, is the copy I have on the page. Um, so that's pretty cool. I think that's going to take some time. I haven't started adding links to it, but I will add links to it in the bottom of the emails and on my plugins and try to like have it in a lot of places so people see it again and again and hopefully... You know, when the trust factor is up and they need help, they'll remember to book a call with me. Um, and then the next up will be to work on my kind of speaker talk page so that it's more clear that <clears throat> I can do that <laughs> as a service. <laughs> um, and it's just also nice to make these. I don't know if, if, I don't know how much traffic kind of the talk or speaker page would give. 
I'm I'm a little unsure, but it's nice to just have somewhere to send people when they ask you <clears throat> if you can do things like that yeah. and like have some pricing and some examples and and maybe a speaker bio and all those things and just setting it up and talking about it like hopefully people because I've gotten a little a lot of people think I work for Gatsby so kind of my my little focus now is to show people I do not work for Gatsby and I can work <laughs> for you <laughs> so that it's you know it's uh, it's clear that it's possible to buy services for me um so that will be the next one up and it's really cool because after the talk I did in November I think it was on um private what did i call it privacy encryption uh in web applications with a gatsby example um somebody messaged me on linkedin from the talk and like oh i really enjoyed your talk and wrote some like really specific nice feedback so i reached out to the person and asked if i could take a screenshot of the direct message because it wasn't public and included on this type speaker page and and like yes of course you can and that's pretty cool because it looks like at least I often find that screenshots in a way is more trustworthy than just like having a nice blurb because sometimes I'm like, mm -hmm. how do I know if the person even said that? Of course you could fake a screenshot as well, but it just like feels a little more like something somebody just did, you know, out just out of the blue, which yeah. feels a little more like trustworthy than more authentic. Yeah. And more authentic, I guess is the, the thing I was, uh, was uh, looking for yeah so i'm hoping to get that out pretty soon because i've really enjoyed especially this encryption privacy talk uh with like gatsby sprinkled in and the live coding i felt that went really well and i would love to do that exact talk <laughs> several times that would be that would be cool and then i think after that i it's gonna just gonna take a lot of time to like work out but i'm gonna uh, start drafting every week a little bit on kind of a sales page for kind of the demo plugin slash module service that I have given or done for for uh, one customer where I made the demo on how, how to integrate with their service. And I think it's going to be like a three-tiered approach where like the, the kind of cheapest option is just making a demo that showcases like one way to do it. And then the next tier up will be a plugin or module that a developer can use as a helper tool that will obviously need to be more well thought out uh, thought out because it's going to be able to be used in several yeah uh, several use cases and then the a demo will of course like come with that and then the like high tier 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 i can say tier the 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 most expensive royal package <laughs> will be <laughs> kind of making that package or plugin module but together with the community and trying to like engage the community and be more present in and the and the custom or like the clients uh, uh, code base and issues and like being more actively involved for the client. So I feel like that's like three quite I feel like they build on top of each other and it depending on the client depends on what they what they need. And the top one will obviously be a lot more expensive than just creating a demo. <laughs> um, <laughs> so but that's gonna take some time to like because I've done it once and I kind of know in my head like what I mean and what I think those that offering should be, but like getting it down on digital paper, getting it down on file. How do we say that? Can we say getting it down on paper? <laughs> it's not even paper. Anyway, getting it down on paper, like take some time, but it's really good because it clears your head to like really verbalize what I am thinking about offering and it could help the possible clients um, with some clarifications on what I think around those 
offerings, I guess. That sounded yeah. very, but this is why I need to write some more about it. But I do have <laughs> a, um, I did send a proposal for it. Uh, so I have something to start with, but that was like specific to that specific um, client. So I need to make that more um, general, I guess. So it will be probably be for other SASs that need to integrate with uh, React or Gatsby applications. And I can demo that or create packages that makes it easier to um, to tie into those services. So we'll see how that goes. <laughs> yeah. But I had a ton of fun creating the demos that I did in the beginning or the, at the end of last year. Um, and writing and making a video about that and all and all of that goodness. Anyway, so I'm trying to make these sales pages at least and make it official that I do not work for Gatsby and I can do work for other people. Um, <laughs> and then when I have these pages in place, I hope to like redo my homepage so that it's more visual and like send people off to these uh, paid and free uh, things that I do that I have kind of like you know, free stuff and paid stuff. So it's very, very clear that I do both. And then hopefully all the plugins and demos and starters that I have out there will like funnel people back to my paid offerings and the Gatsby around the Gatsby Island. And then we keep on doing the streams as always. And since we kind of wrapped up with Miriam and then the new season of the pirate stream, it's only been Ola and I, and it's working really well actually. Um, we had a lot of fun, lots of people watching the last two times or lots an hour, you know, an hour, <laughs> lots, um, and just lots of fun. And, uh, we've been focusing on sourcing and now plugin making, which I think is something it's kind of like advanced Gatsby topics, which I, uh, seems like a lot of people wanted to know more about. So, and then we also had somebody wanting to come on or he needed help with something. And I was like, well, you can come on stream. <laughs> this was before I had my emergency <laughs> Gatsby offering. <laughs> but um, but he he wants to embed uh, gists or gists. What would we call them? Those little things on GitHub into mm -hmm. um, embed it through using Sanity and then into Gatsby. And it's really fun because one of my first forays into Gatsby was creating an OEmbed plugin that lets you embed any OEmbed service, like Twitter, Instagram, all of these, YouTube, Vimeo, everything that you can mm -hmm. embed. And I think Gist was also a part of that. So I've kind of done the general case uh, for this because I did that as a Markdown plugin. And then somebody needed in 2018 needed help to do this for Sanity. So I made like a one-off job for them to create like an OEmbed plugin for Sanity. So before he comes on, I'm going to have a look at my code from 2018 to see if there's anything I can, can reuse and at least like get me back up to speed with Sanity. And then we'll go, because I think he managed to to solve solve it. So it will be more of like a code review because he hasn't worked with Gatsby that much so I can like we can have a look through and like what was his thinking what would I do differently or is there other ways to solve this and we could have a conversation around embedding stuff on the web because that is something mm. that um, is a lot harder in React than one would imagine and since it's harder in React it's also harder in Gatsby because Gatsby is built on React um, so yeah so things are like yeah I was saying trusting the process like I feel like things are just working itself out and things are coming nice. together um and then as an experiment to to make people aware that i 
again, do not work for Gatsby. <laughs> I have set up some automations going to LinkedIn from um, from my website. So I send daily emails now or four times a week I send emails. And now I have it so that there's a link being uh, pushed from the RSS feed through Sapier and over to LinkedIn. And I think, did I mention this on, on stream before? But my thinking is that a lot of the people that follow me on LinkedIn or that I know on LinkedIn are no longer developers. So I don't think they would be super interested in like getting this information about very specifically about Gatsby. But I think it's good if they get like little drips to see that this is something I know something about. And also when I launched the Gatsby emergency calls, like I made an email about that and then they kind of like have that in the back of their mind and hopefully also then with speaking. So they kind of see that there's activity and like what topics I talk about. And then hopefully when they need to hire somebody or um, have somebody do a talk, like they'll, they'll think about me, but I don't think they'll, I don't think they will kind of come back to my page and sign up for the newsletter or sign up for the emails. But hopefully, I'm just like constantly there, and they're <laughs> in the back of their yeah. mind. And I did the same for our podcast. So I got Ooh, the RSS feed yeah. from the podcast that also then gets posted to LinkedIn every week. So that is my foray into LinkedIn because that feels like a dumpster fire where it feels like I mean everybody's spamming. Why not just <laughs> <laughs> why not join why, the fun? <laughs> why not join in on the fun? <laughs> That's a good idea. I should probably just set that up myself because I I mean I I started checking LinkedIn a little bit more in the last couple of weeks, mostly to clean out my my uh well it's not called friend requests, but the friend requests feed like of just like people doing stupid outreach like, oh I just found you on LinkedIn. I thought it's a good idea to connect. Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Why not? So, I have to, to reject all of them from time to time, but um, I'm not participating in anything. So maybe I can not participate, but like just funnel the, the podcast feed into LinkedIn as well. That's probably a good idea. And it's super easy to do with Zapier because you can like have an RSS feed as a as a where it is a source. What do they call it? But, mm -hmm. And then have something happen every time there's a new. Um, there's a new item in the RSS feed. It works really well. I've had, I've done it before as well. It just like stays, stays up forever, kind of. It's, it's just, it's very yeah. solid. <laughs> um, unfortunately, <laughs> with LinkedIn, you couldn't do because what I initially wanted to do was create a native post on LinkedIn because they have that kind of like blogging feature inside of mm. LinkedIn, and I think they push that more in their algorithms. Of course, because everybody wants everyone to stay on their platform. Yeah. So I hope that I could kind of cross post that I could create a LinkedIn like post and not a LinkedIn mm -hmm. update. But that wasn't possible. <laughs> I can only do a LinkedIn update and my emails oh. are too long to put the whole text in there. So then after trying a little bit, I just like ended up on a very boring like read my new email title of email over on yeah. ray and then <laughs> that's 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 kind of it but that compelled me finally and that was a weekend project not this weekend but last weekend to create social image graph or social image social graph images so now i have a when gatsby builds my site it actually draws out an image for each page 
that I have like it doesn't I I've coded a function that draws out an image with nice. a node with node canvas and that was it's one of those things where like I'm gonna do that one day it's probably hard you know and, you, and then you kind of thought about it for a long time not hard <laughs> not that hard <laughs> <laughs> um, you need you have to like you have to think a little bit differently because there's no automatic layout that you have with HTML, right? So you have to actually position everything absolute on the on the canvas, and you have to like break up mm. your title and then shift it down one you know one full line if you want the title to go or two or three lines and all that kind of stuff. But when it's done, it's done, and it's so cool that I don't have to spend any time creating these images and looks so good yeah. when I share it to Twitter and looks so good on LinkedIn. And it's just like, yeah, profess. Yeah. It's one of the things I kind of also want to do for, for the userless website, but it's always been pushed off as, yeah, there's more important stuff right now. But yeah, interesting that you decided to go with Node Canvas. I always assumed that like if I'd built that, I'd probably just like use HTML and then put it into a headless Chrome. So you get all yes. the layouting? A little bit of the reason why I didn't do that is because Gatsby Cloud doesn't support that at the moment. It doesn't Ooh, support see. native dependencies in um, or node native dependencies. But I also think I realized, I read some articles, it's so much faster to mm, let Node Canvas probably, draw it. Yeah. So since I want everything statically generated, um, then... It's like it's yeah, better yeah. if it's it's faster. But you can definitely, I know that Netlify has an example how to do this where you create a serverless endpoint and then you hit that endpoint and there's some caching involved. So if you hit the endpoint, you know, a lot of times it doesn't get regener <laughs> regenerated every time. But, um, but I try, especially with my personal project and like my site, which is not that big and I don't want that high of a cost. I don't want something, somebody's suddenly like spamming my social image mm. endpoint, you know, I just want this to be statically yeah, generated. Yeah. It's done. Makes like sense. it can't yeah. go down. The image is always going to be there until I yeah. generate it. So, uh, and it's actually pretty, pretty fast. Like it, it runs, um, even with all the images, obviously when I've written an email a day for the next three years, it's gonna, I'm gonna have to rethink this, but, um, at the moment it works really well. Um, but nice. for you who are an actual working SaaS that's making money, there's always Banner Bear where this is done for you. Right. Yeah. That's also an option. Just calling out to something, to someone else. That's, yeah. Maybe you should just do that. I think right now we have like a generic image in there. And sometimes Jane decides a custom one for like important mm -hmm. stuff. It will also be kind of nice to, to generate those. And I think in your case again, as well, with the mar mar marketing person that can actually go into Banner Bear and design these, you know, because yeah. then whenever the marketing person wants to change the design, you don't want to be coding up a new node canvas <laughs> <laughs> thing. Um, but with yep. Banner Bear, you kind of give that, and that's like cool with some of these SASs. Like with Banner Bear, you can then give that responsibility to somebody else that then designs and does all of that and all you as a developer is responsible for sending the correct data into that endpoint. And then yeah. the banner endpoint will like generate the um the image for you. And it can be used for, I mean it's pricey though. So but I'm looking forward to the day <laughs> I can start using a banner bear. 
Um, because you can use it for images if you just want to create an image for Instagram. You could hit, yeah. you can just like manually hit your endpoint with Banner Bear and like download the image and there you go. Instead of having to go into Canva and like, you know, copy paste the content and like shift things around. Yeah. You can just, yeah. So I think it's a cool service. Should get a Banner Bear affiliate <laughs> <laughs> link for this show. <laughs> yeah. Good idea. <laughs> and a Stripe affiliate. I feel like we're like Stripe. We're like a Stripe commercial. <laughs> does, does Stripe have an affiliate program? I don't think I so. Don't, I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Banner Bear probably does though. But anyway, that was mm. uh, that was me. Um, and I also mentioned earlier that we celebrated my daughter, the Pi Pirate Princess, or our daughter, Pirate Princess, seven-year birthday last week. And nice. I it's weird because she started school now at six and a half in Norway but before when I was young seven was like the year the age when you started school so weirdly mm. for like my generation we still feel like like seven years is a special year even though for the kids yeah. now they're like if they've already started school they're already but like for us it's like a seven seven years old it's like a still like a milestone um mm -hmm. and she definitely is not like a little kid anymore She's very yeah. much on her way towards the tween years. It's just going to be interesting. <laughs> Looking forward to that. <laughs> well, she's very proper so far. So, so we'll, <laughs> we'll see. She's a little, ex, ex, what's it called? Except, expert, expert, I can't say the word, something. She, she gets annoyed that we are a little... Um, we, like we're not always like a hundred percent on top of everything. We're kind of like a loose vibe in our household, but our seven-year-old <laughs> daughter is very much on top of everything. She <laughs> likes things to be like proper. <laughs> she likes rules, I mean, proper structure. <laughs> it's not that bad if they end up like this, right? I mean, I mean, they're good. They're good and bad things about everything. I was probably more yeah. like that as a kid and had to like unlearn a little bit because you can get a little too uptight about yeah. some things. But it's definitely helpful for us that she's on top of things. She like <laughs> drew. She made all her own birthday invites. She got them to school, and then I remembered I should tell her teacher that she's bringing these invites in. So that she remembers to give them, I'll hand them out. And I remember that at like two o'clock. And then I, I texted him and I got back, like, she's already handed him out. She knew he was leaving early and and rem reminded them to put them in their backpacks. <laughs> and <laughs> I was like, okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind mom trying to be on top of things. Like, she's on top of things. <laughs> nice. That's cool. <laughs> so it's all good. It's all good. I can't wait until she can become COO. And take over. <laughs> operations that will be awesome totally mm. well then um belated happy birthday to her um well. please please uh celebrate her again from me or her we are going to celebrate again whatever. with the kids on saturday there's going to be a birthday party ah nice cool any well, plans for that it's going to be we're in a neighborhood where we have this like house that you can rent or borrow for parties and stuff in the, which is right next door. So all the kids from her school and some of the kids from the neighborhood are coming and the nice. normal 
thing to do in Norway is to eat cake and hot dogs and have a little some sort of games. She wants a scavenger hunt, and then you find little paper bags of candy. Mm. That's it, I think. And she'll get that a, sounds like fun though. Get a present probably as well. So yeah, nice. I think it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be nice to to. We haven't seen the other parents that much, of course, because there hasn't been that many school functions. Mm -hmm. But yeah. here in our venue, there's like a large outdoor space outside of the venue as well. So it will be nice when the parents come to pick up, uh, or or deliver and pick up the the kids. We can actually like spend some time together uh, and and talk to the other parents as well. So so I think it's gonna be good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Any other news from the past week? No, but I just checked it on my Stripe app, and uh, we've gotten two whole new customers in January for POW. Woo! So I'm going <laughs> to keep saying this like every episode. Now I'm going to start working on POW, everyone. Well, we'll see. <laughs> but all of these like vesting things, very interesting, because I do think I need to bring somebody on board, and I have talked about my neighbor before, and that started me thinking that like there should be some kind of structure where they kind of like earn their way into the the company yeah. and now i've learned that it that's what vesting is <laughs> like i connected my <laughs> id and the word i've heard thrown around and be like oh <laughs> that makes yeah. Sense. yeah suddenly it makes sense yeah <laughs> suddenly it makes sense it's like yeah there's other people who have done this before me it's not i don't need to reinvent anything so we'll yeah. see. And also, I am open if there is somebody who just like really, really wants to market a privacy first menstrual cycle journal. Let me know. Yeah. Cool. Then I guess that's it for this week. It is. What did we decide on last week? We're going to end with see you around the interwebs. <laughs> yes. See you around the interwebs. Bye. Bye.